0: to episode three, I believe, of Unexceptional Americans, I'm Ethan Bird.
1: and I am Nick Donnelly,
0: and we are uh, coming back from our, about a month off, we apologize for the lack of content, although, also, sorry, this is the fourth episode, I just checked, so, um, but, so, uh, we apologize for the lack of content, I'd um, i not under any delusions that anyone was eagerly waiting on our Spotify page, pressing refresh, hoping there'll be another episode. But if yeah. you were, yeah. if, you were are, if you were. Where are, are our, they? Our 12 listeners.
1: <laughs> where, where are they? I want it now. I want the episode now. I want the new episode right fucking now. Where's, where's Nick? Where's Ethan? Where are they? Where is... Where, where is Ethan getting up in the middle of the episode and changing location, leading Nick to, like, ramble just incoherently for five minutes? <laughs> where is it? Where is it? Where is Nick interrupting Ethan for no reason and coming off as very rude?
0: Yeah, well, all that great stuff is returning now. so um...
1: Yeah, um, I moved locations. Um, I'm not disclosing. I'm currently, because I'm in I'm in witness protection. Um,
0: Currently at undisclosed Antifa headquarters. Sixty nine. Fuck you.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I'm in. uh, I was put into the Antifa witness into witness Antifa protection (laughs) WAP. And um, no. didn't
0: cover that on
1: the show yet did we no we did
0: not yeah um yeah yeah you effing with some wet ass p word
1: you are effing with some witness ass protection program and um i am currently in a bunker that is (laughs) many, many, many 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 uh feet many meters meters is the word that kept getting used by um the uh, suited gentleman who moved me in here. Um, but I'm currently in a windowless pitch. No, not pitch black right now. Um, that's actually what took so long, setting up the electricity and the internet connection down here in the <laughs> um, in the WAP bunker, um, which was built and paid for uh, by George by Soros. Soros. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, man. Yes. Um, and uh so that's where i am that's why next uh, incredible missing. incredible um, i was not uh disappeared i am not a decapetal not yet at least. Um, i will not i was that's not vanished Trump, Trump i was not two. yeah i was not no one um, yeah i was not swallowed into a van and um Taken away to like the woods to be shot in the back of the head twice because i 'm killing myself supposedly um, only to have my body then you know dissolvement of that of acid um, you know that that didn't happen to me now're not you 're not,
0: you're not like Guantanamo are you like Ted Cruz fantasizes about sending all the leftist college students to go on Well, that's actually why I'm
1: here. I dueled Ted Cruz. I fired a gun at him. I, I challenged him to a duel for my honor. Um,
0: well, he's not good at defending his wife's honor, so
1: I don't know how he would be. A, yeah. Um, I, I challenged – actually, the reason why is because um, I, uh, I got into a theological duel with uh, Josh Hawley. Over, <laughs> over, um, in it, very obscure details of the uh, Protestant Reformation. It's what he gets from being a Pentecostal Calvinist jackass. Um, I, I, I was literally going full La Rochelle on him. Uh, <laughs> that's a very funny history joke that only makes sense to people who study the wars of religion. Um, but um, yeah, that's why I'm here. The FBI said no. You can't declare a like Wesleyan crusade against against Presbyterians, Nick. That's illegal. It just doesn't happen anymore. And so I'm currently in the uh, um, I I was the Catholic Church to volunteer to relocate me for my uh, service in the war against uh, against the worst kind of Protestants. Um. So, right, let's,
0: uh, move because, to re- let's, let's move on, on to move on. reality now. Let's, move
1: on. Yeah, let's move on to the real world, um, where people have died. <laughs> a lot of people have, quite a few people have died in um, acts of political violence over the past <laughs> couple weeks, and um, maybe it's just the media coverage, but it's—I don't—it's I, really not. Um, that uh, it just feels like it's been a long time since people were just getting killed in the streets uh, for political reasons in the United States. Um, I mean, last, last time it was happening, it was the FBI doing it.
0: <laughs> MLK. Um,
1: um, yeah, yeah, well, I mean, last time this stuff like this happened, they started it off. By murdering a the CIA started it off by murdering a president, um, but uh, it seems that this time the shots that have been fired um, are a good old
0: real American.
1: Yeah, they came from a good old boy, someone who is frighteningly younger than me and yeah. Ethan, Um younger than both of us, um, someone who is still in high school. Um, a far right reactionary fucking ancap psychopath 17 years old um went, went to Kenosha Wisconsin front row. yeah went to Kenosha Wisconsin and killed two people injured another shot three people um he showed up with a militia and this is i think important because it sort of illuminates that, that like weird libertarian and fascist pipeline that people talk about um, that we've discussed on the show a few times but um, like this time. highlights it that's it, it, a real thing that now has a body count because that's who this kid was he was the kind of person who went through all of that and from what I can tell from what I know which is not very much um, obviously about the specifics of, of this Kyle Rittenhouse kid Um, is that uh, like from what I can tell he was in this weird sort of like pro-Trump but still identifies vaguely as like an ancap libertarian type of thing Um, which you know is stupid stupid stuff Um, I don't really want to get into it right now why anarcho-capitalism is just logically a defunct ideology Um, that makes no sense but he was there protecting, quote unquote, property rights. He wanted to protect private property. That was their goal to go and protect private property. Um, and you can see where it's just, it's not, it's hilarious how libertarianism and authoritarianism seem to go hand in hand. At least, you know, American right wing libertarianism and authoritarianism just go hand in hand because there's this religious worship and obsession with private property. And the rights to do to dispose of it um, however you please. That um, just has this very authoritarian attitude built into it of I, if you do you know, the range of things that counts as infringing on property rights is dramatically expanded through this sort of fundamentalist interpretation of property rights. And it justifies literally any kind of violence in the act of upholding it basically saying like this is the most important thing all rights are property rights because all rights extend from i own my own body and then i own all these other things there there's no moral difference and and therefore i am allowed to in the course of defending my property murder people. I have moral license in that worldview. And it just translates very easily into right-wing authoritarianism because you can't miss the racial connotations in let's go to this city from these more affluent white suburbs. Let's all flood into this much more diverse and poorer city Um, with our guns to quote unquote defend private property against what in their eyes is an unruly mob of black people and communists.
0: White leftist college too. Yeah,
1: white left wing SJW middle, you know, middle class working communist revolutionary fucking whatever Antifa. And I mean like this kid killed people. <laughs> this is insane. And he's being turned into a fucking martyr. It's absolutely insane. Yeah. Tucker Carlson yeah. basically endorsed him in his actions.
0: Yeah. yeah. The, ask, every right-wing media and political figure has completely endorsed him. Ann Coulter said she wishes he was our president.
1: Yeah, um, Did Ann Coulter say something along the lines of, like, I wish I was his mother? Was I, would be said, I
0: wish he father. was our president.
1: Oh, who said? What, she says something. I think it was either her or Laura Ingram. I confuse them in my mind. They melt under the same person. Um, are the
0: same person, functionally speaking.
1: Um, Who says something along the lines of like, "If he was my son, I'd be very proud of him."
0: Well, I, I wouldn't surprise me, but I did not see that. Yeah. But I did see Ann Coulter tweeting, "I wish he was my president."
1: Yeah, and I just mean, maybe like, he
0: will be one day. Maybe he'll yeah. be the speaker of the RNC in twenty twenty four if there is one.
1: I mean like, this is where you realize like the self-fulfilling prophecy that the republicans have been this game of a self-fulfilling prophecy that they have made they've declared where they have within you know Fox News is covering this shit day and night literally 24 it's covering protests day and night 24/7 trying to paint this as the mo- in the most scary chaotic um, dark way that they can. They yeah, are you literally think just a
0: revolution in stop,
1: wall-to-wall coverage about um, American, American cities are going up in flames. American um, Donald, burning. Donald Trump burning. Suge- Donald Trump suggesting in an interview that, like, quote, if I didn't go into Portland and you might not have had a city left, which is like, yeah, they were going to burn down. Literally. They had a nuke. Antifa's tactical nuke. Um, I should know. I'm sitting next to one of them in the bunker. Um... Into one of the, uh, I'm sitting next to one of the, um, one of the nukes that Elon Musk made for us when he was on our side. Um,
0: I, I, I thought it was I thought it was Soros's top scientists.
1: No, they're they're busy working on the God Machine that Alex Jones is terrified of. They're working on a God Machine, folks. They're going to see the future. <laughs> I mean, you don't know. You can't see the future. Only God can. Um, that's my favorite Alex Jones reign of all time. Um, but uh, um, we're seeing now, um, basically, like when I was in high school. <laughs> when I I was, that's actually baby. that's that might be my favorite Alex Jones. That is, him. that's
0: pretty
1: good. Yeah. Him being fifteen, bragging about being a fifteen-year-old who he had sex. He was thirteen.
0: With like, he was thirteen. I was, was thirteen, and, and I had sex with a cheerleader. <laughs>
1: And then she wanted
0: me to do Satan stuff, and I just left. I I protected my virtue from all the Satan stuff
1: that she was getting into. I
0: wonder if he's just like, his whole life has been like one big, like, acid trip, and he's just imagined all these things. That would make so much sense.
1: They've been putting ayahuasca in his food since, in his alcohol. How can you have that vivid of an
0: imagination and be convinced it's like real? They just. He should, he should write a novel, honestly. It would
1: be very... I would love Alex Jones to write a novel about his life and why he has come to be the way he is. Um, all right. Back to the serious matter at hand. Um, this is like... So uh, there's this Matt Bevan book uh, that has come out recently that is very popular that everyone should get. Uh, the Jakarta Method, where... Wow. In the Jakarta method, he's been talking about, he, he talks like about this Vincent idea Bevins, of like.
0: Right?
1: Oh, what's his name?
0: Vincent Bevins. Vincent
1: Bevins. How was not, Isn't that what, the I, governor not, of
0: Kentucky? Or the yes.
1: Um, yes. That was,
0: I have that book. I'm not sure. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah, the Jakarta method, where he, the, one of the things he talks about it was how in Indonesia, before the coup that overthrew Sukarno and brought to power, um, the right wing within the military that was organizing to execute this coup, the thing that they wanted to convince everybody of was the idea that they were about to be couped first. And this was the same thing that they pulled in uh, Guatemala in 1953 or 54, actually. Um, This is the kind of stuff that they pulled in Guatemala in 1954 kind of, uh, some of the stuff that you see in Pinochet in 1973 in Chile is like this. Um, you constantly invoke, if you, when you're planning on doing a reactionary coup, that will involve lots of violence against the left and the people you don't like, and the other populations you've designated as undesirable. Um, the big thing you got to do is Freak out your base of support or your would-be base of support. You got to convince them. They're going to be cooed first. They're coming at us first. We got to kill them now, or else we all die. And that's why in Indonesia, Matt, uh, Vincent Bevins goes through the whole uh, intricate detail process of how they convinced in, how the Indonesian right um, convinced. First, a bunch of dudes in the military that they were the targets of a campaign to overthrow the government of a revolutionary plot um,
0: that too.
1: that originated in the uh, in in the Indonesian Women's Federation that was tied to the Communist Party that um, they were planning on like doing all sorts of crazy like witchcraft stuff to destroy the military. Um, they actually convinced people of this, and then they convinced the gen- people in the general populace of we are massacring this one, these 1 million-plus supposed communists because they were going to overthrow the government first, and they were going to um, purge the military. And that's why we got all these dudes in the military to help us in doing this. Um, and in you know in Guatemala in 1954 the CIA spread around did a little propaganda campaign trying to convince people that the um, Soviet Union was infiltrating Guatemala. In Iran, this was more of like uh, the PR campaign to manage the coup in Iran in 1953, uh, where they accused Mossadegh of cozying up to the Soviets and of the Tudeh Party, the Communist Party in Iran, was supposedly gaining too much power. Um, The um, 1973 in Chile, they convinced everybody like, hey, um," there was a lot of fear mongering around the idea of Allende was going to implement some sort of uh, one party rule or he was going authoritarian or something like that. So they had to go authoritarian first and forcibly remove him from office um, because he had made all the democratic avenues impossible. And that's what we've been seeing with the american right now for four years they've been talking about they've been acting as if trump is being targeted by a coup for four years they've been acting for years as if democrats have some sort of nefar- series of nefarious plots and conspiracies to get to to keep democrats to keep republicans out of power and to obtain power for themselves and they have absolutely terrified people I mean, the audiences a, the right wing audience into believing this stuff into so believing there is a coup around the corner
0: so at least 30% of the american electorate believes I can guarantee this that they believe that immigration, especially illegal immigration, is at least in large part driven by Democrats wanting votes. That is, how mean,
1: yeah, well, because Republic. You know, when you look at because Trevor Carlson, Fox News is the biggest cable news network. Trevor Carlson's the largest, the most popular guy on that network, the biggest cable news show on television. Um. They speak to a huge audience, to a huge audience. and the worldview, the, the image of the world that he creates, the story, the fantasy world he sort of crafts in his dream, in the dream palace of his TV show, um, is a world in which right now our cities are these festering cesspools of. You know, all run by Democrats who have let them fall into this state of disrepair where, you know, there's supposedly homeless people shooting up heroin on every street corner. And there are illegal immigrants in gangs everywhere selling the drugs and trafficking them everywhere and killing each other and murdering people and whatnot. That you have these like, ro- roving gangs of black thugs pretending to protest, doing all sorts of violence, supposedly. And that you also have in the background this elusive Antifa terrorist organization that is you know, setting everything on fire. Like literally, that just seems to be what people think, what conservatives think is happening. They ironically think that there's just shit being set on fire everywhere. <laughs> um, and like, that's it. Like they're literally physically going to burn the country down. And, um, I mean, like that's how you convince people to start picking up guns and going out there and murdering people on your behalf. Like, was it like seven percent of the population, according to some recent poll, has a favorable opinion of QAnon? Seven percent—that's terrifying. That's a lot of people. That's millions of people.
0: No, honestly, I'm surprised it's not higher. So yeah, it's still I mean, like, too high, but.
1: QAnon has totally supplanted Alex Jones in providing um, a never-ending web of, ne- of nebulous um, conspiracy theories. go anywhere
0: in the middle of the country, you'll see Infowar stickers still on people's cars.
1: Well, yeah, he still has a, uh, I don't know how large the audience is, but I'm sure he still has a substantial one. And I mean, like, we can't ignore the fact that he was pulling in, like, probably over 10 million people at one point every day. His radio show. Um, and a lot of those people have switched over now to being online and paying a lot of attention to QAnon stuff, where they are just absorbing all this information. Um, a lot of it doesn't even form a singular coherent conspiracy theory. You can pick and choose what sounds best to you. It's part of the reason why this sort of why that environment is sort of festers. Yeah. and um, continue. Say what you were saying.
0: Oh, I wasn't saying anything.
1: Oh, sorry. Um, I got a little distracted right there for a second. Okay. Um, I thought you had something.
0: And to this say. is why um, we talked about this a little bit in the show. But this is why I would encourage people to vote for Joe Biden is because not because of anything about him. Literally, it has nothing to do with him, but because as much as we want to, and as rightfully so, people on the left will point out the massive, massive flaws in the American system, but potential for changing that system under the, the, not maybe current system, but the system before Trump is extraordinarily, infinitely higher than the potential for making any kind of real positive change under what could happen, maybe not definitely going to happen, but it definitely is a real possibility If Trump wins another term, which is a continuing um, strengthening of the kind of new fascist infrastructure that's being developed in the country, and the fact that we have Trump, who's the president, the current sitting president, you know, he's the actual president, and he's, you know, he's got he's got all the titles, and he's just like any of the other ones, but he is actually saying that if he doesn't win the election it is going to be a fraud. He said the only way they can take this away from us is if they have cheated." He has literally said that he will not accept the results of the election if it doesn't favor him. And he said the same thing in 2016, but he ended up winning. But if he loses this time, obviously that's still preferable because um, even though he'll probably try to stay in, there's definitely, I, I have at least somewhat faith that he will eventually be removed just by the sheer force of the other people that don't want it, it, that don't want to go along with this whole thing. But that, that also is a possibility that it won't happen, that maybe he'll lose and still stay empowered. So that's definitely possible. But if yeah. he actually wins, if he wins a real, especially wins the popular vote, which I don't think is gonna happen, but if he wins and he gets another you know, mandate as he would like to claim from the people, he's going to become so much more emboldened. He's gonna waste four more years of actively going backwards on climate change not that biden's going to take any active steps forward but at least it's better than going backwards and he's going to continue the assault on civil liberties and there's a great there's a great um point which is that while democrats are not great on these things they are not the ones that are actively turning the empire on its own civilians at home which at least gives us the opportunity to make the real kinds of changes that we need and so as far as i see biden is just kind of a band-aid which will allow us to you know, heal our wounds eventually. It's not saying he's going to be some kind of fix all. I mean, Bernie wasn't even going to be a fix all, but the like the path that people are still fucking around and saying that these people are the exact same is ridiculous. And that's what really annoys me to see so many people online, especially online. Most of the people who exist online, primarily, and they're saying that this is kind some kind of, you know, lesser of two evils as if, you know, it's their like, it, it's even if it's lesser of two evils, they're still, they're still, um, know he's still lesser of an evil you know there's still someone that is clearly clearly much better and the differences may not even been as clear before but i think they're very clear now especially with what's going on with this 2020 with the coronavirus with the continued assault on you know democracy on protests and this uh this this right-wing media ecosystem that is only Further emboldened by having one of their own in the White House, that is making up these ridiculous conspiracy theories about Antifa. This
1: yeah, is like a ridiculous. person who's yeah, like the the president is literally just like a boomer grandfather. <laughs> He's like someone's boomer granddad who just be- reads Breitbart and watches OAN and believes all of this shit that they say, which is all usually stuff that is bore- most of the time just straight made up <laughs> like just fully pulled out of their ass and he just believes it he just says and, and then just repeats it from a presidential podium um, and that is terrifying but yeah. um, like building on what you were saying about uh, voting for Biden it is genuinely just like
0: Survivor.
1: it is bet we were we were joking about me being locked in Guantanamo earlier, yeah, I would much rather um spend a night in jail after being like hauled off by uh local police than um getting shot by another Kyle Rittenhouse or. Arrested by unmarked thugs and thrown into a black van and spirited away to Guantanamo, never to be heard from again. Um, I would much rather the former than the latter. I'd, I'd much rather live than die and spend a night in jail than spend years in military detention. Um, and I think that's just like, that's just a very obvious thing and we have to be very serious like there's a very authoritarian sort of undermining of our uh civil liberties to the point where i mean like let's face it like the republican party has been waging a a war since 2001 on everyone's civil liberties under the guise of fighting terrorism and before
0: that but and before it's always hard to draw a line
1: but but um, definitely since like two thousand, there's been a consistent, um, long-term assault on civil liberties, and I mean like. That's why people like Rand Paul are
0: so full of shit,
1: by the way. Oh, yeah, Rand Paul's absolutely full of shit. Um, anybody who ever thought he was a libertarian, um, you can kiss my ass. You can you can eat my ass. Um, <laughs> the all, both. Hairy cheeks, eat them all, and, um, because I've been saying Rand Paul is not a real libertarian, libertarianism is a sham since like 2014, I was calling it. And um, eat he, shit. He,
0: yeah, that's another thing that happened while we were gone. He asked, he he asked for people to be arrested first and then investigated the people that were just like yelling at him on the street. Yes,
1: yes, um, I saw that. Um, But speaking of annoying assholes who ate shit recently, you want to talk about something less depressing? Yeah, Um, of course. Here's here's the good news. Um, Massachusetts had its primary recently, and um, Alex Morse lost. Um, We can talk about that. That was sad. Um, But not 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 unexpected. Um, Not unexpected at all. Just another... um,
0: Example of why we need to be not fooled by these kinds of, you know, hysterical, hysterical, you know, allegations against
1: people. Yeah, we need to be um, a little more uh, rational. Yeah. <laughs> we need to reel everything back in. Um, and it does kind of show that, like, at this point, we're basically starting from scratch when it comes to like that area to like Me Too stuff. Like, it was totally demolished by this primary. At this point, we got to build back up. Um, and um, the, um, but, sorry, um, but uh, the good news is that Joe Kennedy, not the third, because he's not the child of Joe Kennedy, he's a child of Robert. Kennedy or is Robert Kennedy his granddad? I can not oh, he, he
0: he's too young to be Robert Kennedy.
1: He's not Robert Kennedy. Is Who is his dad? Oh yeah,
0: and a former Republican one
1: his... Which one's his dad? Is it Ted Kennedy or No. Which one's his dad? He's the son of Joe Kennedy the 2nd, yeah. Joe Kennedy the 2nd. Wait. He is Fuck. I thought he was the son of um Joe Kennedy. Okay. Um, Never mind um, <laughs> Joe Kennedy the third um, He lost Eat shit Eat shit motherfucker That's Did all I got to fill
0: his birthright as a Kennedy Of holding a statewide office In Massachusetts
1: You know what that's the problem with dynasties Of any kind Eventually you get an inbred idiot Who can't do anything um, and that is ultimately what you've got in the form of Joe Kennedy III, who um, got his oh, ass blown out it? by uh, Ed Markey by a 74-year-old man. Um, <laughs> I don't think
0: it's a coincidence that after um, Nancy Pelosi endorsed Joe Kennedy, he went down in the polls and ultimately lost.
1: Yeah. Um, That is something that I found fascinating because um, that is like a serious, um, like a a front internally within the party. Um, Because the interesting thing about him is that, uh, you know, he's fairly standard, actually. Like he's left of center but he's a fairly standard Democrat. He's, he voted for the Iraq war is the one big thing people throw around that, have thrown around. Um, he, you know, he voted for the Iraq war. He's been in Congress and in, in terms of both houses since the seventies. He's a, a deeply, in, he's been a Senator for seven years. He's a deeply entrenched uh, part of effectively the democratic establishment. Um, and obviously, he's a longtime incumbent. Chuck Schumer's job is to protect him and make sure he gets reelected. Um, him and Chuck Schumer are also, from what I know, um, not on bad terms. He's on good terms with leadership in the Senate. Um, and I haven't really read things that he hasn't. But um, Joe Kennedy III running against a, an incumbent. A long, long-term incumbent, a popular incumbent, uh, Democratic senator, primary them. And then having Nancy Pelosi support in that is kind of like, almost like, I don't know, like throwing rocks through Chuck Schumer's window with a note that says, fuck you, written on <laughs> like that, Politically speaking. Well, it's, it's pretty clear that Nancy
0: Pelosi <laughs> is the alpha like.
1: dog. Chuck Schumer yes. is just a... Just, because, As you said Sanders,
0: in the first episode,
1: the iconic quote, he's at full capacity. He's at full capacity. He can't do anything. He's, he can't even run his own caucus correctly in his own house. Um, instead, he has to defer to Nancy Pelosi, uh, kicking down the door and shitting on the rug and walking back out uh, like nothing happened. He, and he just deals with it because he's in his own little world and has no idea what's going on. Um, he's busy giving press conferences about how he's always been against TikTok. Um, <laughs> I have always opposed TikTok from the start. Uh, him saying that is the one thing Chuck Schumer, that I've ever agreed with Chuck Schumer on, being opposed to TikTok from the beginning. Um, I hate TikTok. It's bad. No one should have it. Everyone who's listening to this who has it should delete it immediately. Well, it's, they're not
0: that much of a choice very soon.
1: So. Well, I, I love how that started from uh, the whole TikTok shutting down thing. It started. I don't know where, where the deal's at now, but I know I do love how it started off. as like we have to ban it. Just get rid of it immediately. Take it off the app store. All the app stores. Delete it. Everyone, delete it now. Render it non-functioning. And then everyone like calmed down after a few days, and they're like, "We were just kidding. We would never shut down a business." Are you kidding me? We're, we're just going to sell it to an American-based business. Fuck you guys. Well, actually, we're so not,
0: we're I'm not to sure what has happened in the last few days. Um, maybe I should really look that up. But um, a few days ago, I heard that China recently coincidentally imposed new restrictions on export of technology. And because TikTok's algorithm uses, like, um, recommendations and stuff, that's one of the things – it's one of the only non-military- related things that China has banned from being sold, so any deal that any deal that 10 cents or not 10 cents um, dance sells um, TikTok to an American company has to be approved by Ch- the Chinese government. So it seems like China trying to kind of hold off on.
1: selling. Stop it them. <laughs> it's literally just like a battle of hostile takeovers. Um, it's pathetic, but it's very, very revealing. TikTok and,
0: deal
1: gets complicated. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, because it was going to be complicated. But whatever. Besides the point. Um, but going to like Nancy Pelosi also had to eat shit this week because uh, Joe Kennedy III lost. Her endorsement meant nothing. It was stupid. It was a bizarre foray into the Senate for her part. That on her part that must have. Considering so, how so people funny. get over any slight disturbance of how things of normal procedure, I would not be surprised if there were quite a few senators who were openly like, who, who were, maybe not openly, because we aren't hearing that, but privately um, speaking very ill of Nancy Pelosi right now. She's like, how dare she try to unseat one of our colleagues? The
0: these halls, yeah. if these halls could talk.
1: These hallowed halls have been Insulted and blasphemed. <laughs>
0: no, we need to abolish the the core of
1: San Francisco.
0: The Senate is literally a relic from the House of Lords. Correct. And it is an elitist institution, and it awards representation to people like Wyoming with John Barrasso, and people like Ben Nels, uh, Ben whatever, Ben Sass of Nebraska. These small oh, ass states. Where it was they was literally
1: them. meant. Because who, who's, who are the, you know, think about how many areas, like I'm sure you can find maps of this. Um, the areas of the South where, there were large areas of the South where black people who were enslaved, vastly outnumbered white people. There they just were not a whole lot of citizens, legal citizens in the South. So they literally the rural southern states, the more rural, the deep southern ones. Um, Virginia was not on board with creating a Senate because they had a lot of people and they were gonna be very happy if they could have a dominant position in the House of Representatives. But it was the other Southern states that like really pushed hard for like actually we need a body where we can hold an insanely disproportionate amount of power. <laughs> because like we
0: protect literally, our
1: slaves. Oh, protect yeah. our the, yeah. yeah The Senate is a relic of the Southern states being ruled by literally like a handful of people, <laughs> like a few, like at most a couple hundred families each owning overwhelmingly most of the land, possessing most of the wealth, owning most of the slaves on the largest plantations uh, that do the most business. Um, all of whom happen to hold seats in the state legislature and trade off the governorship amongst themselves. And at the time, state legislatures were directly responsible for electing senators. So, and the Three-Fifths Compromise obviously gave them disproportionate seating in the House. Um, So, you know, like the Senate is a relic of the compromises made to keep the slaves, the the, uh, slave states in the fold of the um, American Republic. Sentence ridiculous and stump, but it's a good thing, however, while it exists, that Ed Markey be in it and um, fuck Joe Kennedy. Eat shit. Uh, <laughs> eat shit. Die. Um, please don't run for president. It'll be humiliating. Actually, no, please run for president. It'll be hilarious. Um, the Kennedy name carries pretty much zero weight outside of Massachusetts, and if you carry none of the charisma of either of the two Kennedy bros that everybody knows and loves um, for their charisma, then you uh, are no threat, really. So uh, go ahead. Yeah, into clown be, card of ca- cop into the clown car of candidates in 20- for 2024 and, um, and make the whole country hate you instead of just Massachusetts.
0: Definitely uh, could be like the transition team head for Pete Buttigieg or whatever the fuck they're going to.
1: <laughs> oh, he's friends with Putin actually. Yeah, they are sure they are personally like on a personal I, level like they hang out together.
0: I saw something on uh Twitter it was like Joe Kennedy's boot. poop I can't even say this word boot, Buttigiegian Putinjegin campaign. Like I love how Buttigieg's name has now now an cool. adjective
1: for we have, we for have a, to we totally have a pointless campaign.
0: You have to imagine the, the ideas of a new possibility or <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> have to, have to, and then did you see what, t- today there's this whole thing I heard an that,
1: excellent Trudeau quote where he was just like uh we have to look forward because better is always in the future <laughs> like some stupid shit like that um yeah, yeah. like the buddha this weird like um because because you know there's the two french speaking um heartthrobs of of english of the anglosphere's uh centrism um trudeau and Macron, and they've clearly tried to do it now with um with uh, buddhich and then they tried to do it with joe kennedy and it didn't work so honestly at this point i don't think we have to worry about that about the like authoritarian like Technocentrist who uh, who will just usher in Blade Runner, but with pronouns.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and practically speaking, as the, if we're going to, I think we should close as a more hopeful note that, you know, practically speaking, there is some hope as long as, and this is why I also mentioned earlier about how important the election is, is that as long as we kind of maintain the, at least, you know, not actively diving and taking a plunge into the right-wing dystopia that Trump and his goons want to inflict on the rest of us. But there is some hope that as the Democratic electorate gets younger and significantly less white and is less tied to these kinds of establishment values, that there could be, maybe not even in 2024, but in 2028, there could be a real, like, seismic shift by then compared to this year where it's like not even a question that the you know Bernie like Canada is going to win and will that be too late maybe but you know it's definitely I think that there is definitely a the the fact is the Democrat the Democratic Party the Democratic Party while the politicians and a lot of the older voters are and a lot of the party like infrastructure is shifting farther and farther to the right the electorate is still shifting to the left especially on more social issues and i think you know younger generation people are more fed up with capitalism i think there is potential but we can't we can't passively wait for that to save us but we have to rec- we have to have some grain of hope and we have to say we have to work for you know ma- making a better future we have to work to kind of you know show voters that there is an alternative to this you know Neoliberal and fascist dichotomy that has frankly been dominating our politics since yeah. the Bush administration.
1: Yeah, I mean, like the, the crisis of neoliberalism has opened up a gaping maw below us that we can all fall into. This gaping maw of impending fascist doom. Um, and either we can continue slipping towards it or like we've entered into it's it's like a black hole almost and we've entered into the area where we can feel the tug but if we put in the right amount of propulsion where we aim ourselves just the right way we might actually drift away from it rather than towards it and we got up we got to start pushing, dude. (laughs) It's, it's Apollo 13. It's the scene where they're just taking random shit that we gotta, we gotta make a, we gotta make this circle go in this square. Right. And that's what we're on right now. And step one is just like, for the love of God, making sure the next four years don't become literally unsurvivable. Um, I'm being very depressing, even though you keep trying to do an uplifting note. My bad. Um, well, is what I gotta say. Um, the Alex Morse loss should not be very depressing. Um, should have seen it coming. No one paid paid any attention to it until the hit job happened. That's on all of us. But also, I didn't realize this, but. That's the first district, right? And the first district is actually like most of Western Massachusetts, which I did not realize that Richie Neal represented Western Mass. I I think it is. Before I sound like a total idiot, let's look it up. Um,
0: Second district right now, Um,
1: first district, yeah. First district. Yeah, it's pretty much the entire west of the state, which I did not realize. But Western Massachusetts, people could realize, is not. Massachusetts overall is a very blue, fairly liberal state. Western Massachusetts is literally, like rural Western Massachusetts is actually like I'm sh- I'm actually shocked that, that looking at the map of this district that it's represented by a Democrat. I was actually well, it's D
0: plus twelve oh, here
1: before I found yeah before I found before I found yeah, but it's D plus twelve. But it's also um it, it's also the the rural. Part of the state, it's the so aren't rural there some? are
0: there some cities that are like? Uh, there are,
1: but I'm saying the wet relative to Massachusetts. Yeah, yeah, yeah Massachusetts true, true, for sure. More conservative, more rural. Um, there's some significant cities, but are there it's any still Republicans happening. in Massachusetts? Not Boston
0: delegation? Are there any Republicans in Massachusetts?
1: I have no idea. Um, maybe
0: the governor is uh, the governor is republican and i think it's telling that Joe yeah.
1: kind of not to run well, they do them. well they do a weird thing in mass mass uh massachusetts is a weird state they like to do this weird thing um called um being um stupid uh where they just constantly elect republicans for governor even though they're constantly electing Democrats to like
0: It's all Democrats. A
1: massive supermajority in the House in the state legislature and um, elect Demo- apparently like Democrats do every Sorry, Mitt Romney you get,
0: gotta, gotta admire the hustle Mitt Romney was the governor of Massachusetts and now a senator from Utah he does not give a fuck where he goes as long as he can get his hands on And now he says black
1: lives matter. He really really doesn't give a fuck <laughs> Um but yeah, um Massachusetts is just a I don't like Massachusetts very much. I'm not gonna lie. I'm just gonna be honest. <laughs> I'm not a very big fan. Um actually no, what am I saying? I love the departed, I love Irish people, I love uh dropkick Murphy's. Um, those are great. And I love Salem and Nathaniel Hawthorne and the Transcendentalists. But other than that. If you're from Massachusetts, don't drive near me. Don't breathe near me. Unless you're from Salem, then we can talk about witches. Or if you're Irish and you're from Boston, then we can drink a lot. But then we can get drunk and don't talk at all. That's how you communicate, actually, in Bostonian. Um, But other than that, don't exist in my presence. Um, and thank you, Massachusetts. You didn't, you did the bare minimum of not disappointing me. Yeah, in fact, you exceeded my expectation by not electing what I expected.
0: I expected by the end that Markey was going to win and Morse was going to lose, but yeah,
1: Yeah. um, you exceeded Yeah, Massachusetts exceeded my low bar, and um, because of that, I'm very happy, and I think that uh points. Up for us
0: because it means that
1: actually they didn't, they couldn't pick up, they couldn't, they could not pick a left wing politician off. They failed in it. They, this just showed the, the line has held AOC, Ilhan Omar, Rashida Tlaib, um, um they all and, and Ed Markey, they all held on, they fended off their primary challengers from the right. And Corey, and we've seen a bunch of other major victories Jamal Bowman and Corey Bush, chief amongst them. Um, Mondier Jones as well. Um, okay. right. Um,
0: well, Mondaire Jones has a bit of a weird soft spot for Israel that has – he also has a bit of other policies that are kind of
1: – Yes, but, but still –
0: Better than whoever – Vaguely was,
1: more – yeah, maybe more of a warm – And if
0: you add up all those people that are kind of like vaguely progressive, like Mark Pocan, who also endorsed Joe Kennedy, which was weird. And which was like, also
1: weird and stupid um, and maybe a, bad, Jayapal, especially since I actually was, like Mark Pocan.
0: Anna Presley and these kind of people that are kind of weirdly like in the middle of these two factions. If you add all all those people,
1: like yeah. the left is the people who are in between, a very
0: significant amount of seats. The question yes. is, will they be able? Will they be willing to stand up when it gets hard? Because I've seen a lot of them kind of break. You know, the people that aren't as hardcore as AOC and
1: well, we'll see what happens with those people. And this is the this is another reason why we have to vote for Biden why I hope he wins, and I can't believe I'm saying that out loud, (laughs) Um, is because we have seen the new progressives, the new progressive politicians, we've seen them in office um, in their trial by hellfire under the Trump administration, where they are where they were, um, in many cases, elected into, in the case of I think a few of them, elected into um, a Republican House in 2016. A few people who were progressive who, who sustained years of Republican control of the House. In the case of some people, the Squad who come along in 2018, um, uh, then uh, you know are elected into a House that is purely an oppositional body. They can't do anything, They can't really get anything done. They don't have the power to advance a legislative agenda, really. Um, and they supposedly clearly didn't have any interest in trying to put one forward. Um, but what we've seen is actually like, there were a few times where actually, yeah, they battled Nancy Pelosi into doing impeachment at all. Um, they battled her into do into trying to pass any bills at all. Um they did. They've done. All, they they managed to push them a few times in a direction where clearly it was the opposite direction of where the leadership was originally headed. Um, and we've seen them in opposition mode, in minority mode, in we are the opposition within the opposition party. <laughs> we are the opposition party to the leadership of the opposition party. We're very small. We can't do much. Well once they got a president on their side and maybe maybe just maybe and this is a very big maybe a senate on their side even um that will be much more conservative than the house um then we will see uh what happens then i think that's the very interesting thing that i'm looking forward to about the potential of a possible four years of biden which is what do bernie and the Squad, and Ed Markey, and the Progressive Caucus, um, and Elizabeth Warren, who's still going to be in the Senate. Where do they go? Um, The progressives who, when the going gets tough, um, they actually, when when there's people to their left, they will gravitate to the people to their left. Um, um, What do they do when there's a Democrat in the White House? We haven't seen it yet with their numbers that they have now.
0: Radicalization and increased mobilization of people with protest movements and with the kind of increasing realization of, of among many people that are at least vaguely on the left and have kind of thought of themselves like that way for a while, but are really seeing how bad Republicans can get under Trump. They may not be so quick to, you know, accept. I mean, it could go either way, but but like what I'm trying to say is that people are paying attention more now and people may, and people are under no pretences about what Joe Biden is. I think everyone pretty much knows who he is. Yeah, I think One everybody kind
1: of knows that the only reason, I think most people were gonna vote for Joe Biden, they already know that they're just voting for him to have somebody else.
0: 2008, Obama was seen as someone who was really a change candidate, a progressive candidate, and he kind of betrayed and disappointed a lot of people. But there's no illusions about Biden, which means people can be more of a um, fruitful resistance this time around. And all these Black Lives Matter marches are not going to go away. Even Kamala Harris said in an interview that she says that they shouldn't they shouldn't stop even if
1: Biden yeah. wins.
0: So, yeah, I think here,
1: um, what we're going to um, do, because I think we should wrap up.
0: Yeah, right yeah. Up. I was trying to wrap up. But yeah.
1: um, sorry, but um, uh, sorry, I'm kind of it's cutting good. you off. But yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm just gonna gun for it now. Uh, but I was gonna say, uh, you know, like, electing Biden is literally gonna feel like, um, it's gonna feel like slamming on the brakes.
0: There's gonna be a moment
1: where we're, you know, we're slowing down, but slowing down very quickly. <laughs> like, whoa, shit, we're moving, you know, and, um, it's in that moment where I think a lot of people realize that like they're just electing a placeholder for four years. I haven't met a single person who thinks Biden's going to do two terms. I've met literally zero people who think that, and I think there probably are literally zero people who think that and even want it. There's zero people. Maybe even like if it's possible, there's a negative number of people who think that and believe that, and they. um, I think everybody just knows, we're just selecting somebody who's just, we just want a body in the room. We want a physical person
0: not even an adult. In, it's any in, adult, it's functioning adult, it's kind of any we, breathing adult.
1: We need a breathing thing.
0: <laughs> a life form.
1: In, we, we need some sort of life form to occupy the Oval Office that is not Donald Trump. And then everybody just kind of has to is going to have to sit, stand there for a second and think like after the rush of slowing down and everything not being as feeling as chaotic, things are going to not feel as chaotic, I think, for a little bit like it's probably I think it's gonna be like a rush. If if mine wins, it'll be like a rush for a few months. Um, Through the inauguration, through to the inauguration, and then afterwards, because there's obviously going to be some drama about Trump not wanting to leave office and thinking the results are fake. And there's obviously going to be violence. There's probably going to be a spike.
0: There's going to be
1: a lot of right wing -wing violence that's going to spike up and then hopefully go down, hopefully decline. Um, Maybe it won't. Maybe we're stuck. Maybe we end up we, like... We can
0: put the shoe on the other foot. We can say President Biden sending the National Guard to... Yeah, we're uh, going
1: Yeah, maybe we're going to have to say uh, send the National Guard to Spokane, Washington. The white nationalists are acting up again. Um, or maybe we end up like, I don't know, like Egypt or something and every, every so often there's like some sort of election or political event. We got to be like, the religious fanatics are at it again. Everybody's got to, like, do whatever it takes to stop them again. Um, And um, I think we are just kind of, you know, everybody's going to catch their breath eventually and then think what now? What's the point? Now that we have the big scary Cheeto man out of office, now that the big doodle is gone. Um, what do we do? What now? We have to like, like there's stuff to do, but what? What do we do first? How do we go about it? And um, we're gonna have to see the different factions in each party sort of recuperate. And I could see that going a lot of different ways. I hope that we get a left wing of the Democratic Party that's just a very militant, stays on it. We're gonna see where the real center of tension is if there's going to be like a traditional partisan uh, level of tension between the two parties where, you know, let's face it, there is likely that Mitch McConnell remains in control of the Senate. Like if that happens, do we just end up in pure gridlock territory again? Or um, do we have a situation where now that the Democrats are in a position to do stuff, they just start fighting each other? And we see some Republicans make up their minds and say, well, actually, I'm going to um, not be as obstructionist anymore, because I want to team up with the centrist Democrats to do what they, to, to do certain things that our donors want to prevent the leftists from bullying the Democrats into doing what they want. Um, we're, like, like that could be a possibility when you have a real left and especially if all your far rightists are out have given up on elections because they think, um, Satanists control them. Um, and they start blowing themselves up in shopping malls and at Planned Parenthoods, then, um, like (laughs) you're, you're going to end up in a situation where maybe a coalition of the center becomes more necessary, um, for the interests backing it. Um, but I would just generally like to see like, a left wing of the Democratic Party that directly tries to organically tie, tie itself to the movements on the ground, all the energy happening on the ground um, with Black Lives Matter and um, union organizing and labor organizing and labor militancy that's going on in the wake of the pandemic, um, that connects themselves to that and connects themselves to, a, to, to serious To a much more serious progressive agenda, Um, you know, like because I want things to keep moving left (laughs) because eventually we're going to get to the point where I'm mainstream.
0: Yeah,
1: that's that's the goal.
0: Tie this all together and closing up here is that none of this will ever happen if you know Trump retains power, and that's why election is still very important.
1: Yes, the disappointment
0: of having to vote for Biden, it's. A necessary sacrifice for sure. Please, and, please for me, please,
1: please just vote for Joe Biden. Please, I
0: can't. I can't And vote do for this. people down the ballot too that are good because a lot please, of good people. Dear there
1: God, there. if you're gonna waste your time voting, just vote for. Make sure you vote for good people down ballot.
0: <laughs>
1: don't the don't vote for
0: happened. Harambe or anything.
1: Yeah, yeah. If you if you you know. If so if you if you uh, constipate yourself enough, you know you, you 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 get your shit together enough and you hold it in enough to uh, vote for Biden for president. Don't immediately let it all go and then like write in Harambe, these nuts, um, Megan a mess in my pants, buzz off loser. Uh, I'm forget it. See more butts. Like, don't just write those names into everything below it because you just can't hold it in anymore. Um, like, let your sh- let your underwear fill with shit while you write Joe Biden, Kamala Harris. While you you know, check off Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, um, most progressive candidate for House, progressive candidate for Senate, progressive candidate for fucking dog. Uh, catcher, well, like w- wait till wait till you're like out of there, and then you know scream at the top of your lungs, you know, like I-, I voted for Travis Scott, I voted for Post Malone, like, I voted ben for D. WAP, I wrote in. Megan Thee Stallion and Cardi B on the WAP ticket.
0: I think I think this episode is going off the rails. (laughs) All right. right. Thanks everyone for listening to to us and stay safe. And hopefully we'll uh, we'll see you next week.
1: See you next week. Bye bye. Bye bye.